Good morning, brothers and sisters. Can everyone hear me? Me? Yeah? Good? Okay. I was born in Anaheim, the second of three children, all boys. My dad was a street evangelist, and I'm pretty sure he met my mom uh, passing out tracts one day. I don't have many memories of my parents together because they got divorced before I turned five years old. This had a big impact on my life. I was only able to see my dad every other weekend. And uh, when I turned, when I was about 14, my mom remarried and my dad moved out of the area. And from that point on, I only really saw him on special occasions, uh, birthdays, Christmas, um, until my early adulthood. My mom tried to do her best to raise us well. She took us to church every Sunday and Wednesday nights. I professed faith in Christ at age seven, and I was baptized. As you can imagine, though, my faith was weak, and I lacked spiritual maturity. But I knew I belonged to Christ, and I knew he died for sinners like me. My understanding of God's grace, unfortunately, didn't develop much over the next 20 years. I lacked solid biblical teaching and discipleship, and frankly, I lacked the desire to obey God's word. My dad was mostly out of the picture, and I sensed I can get away with bad behavior. When I was about eight years old, I discovered pornography. I knew it was wrong, but I couldn't resist the temptation. My mom found out, and I was disciplined, but the seed of lust was planted in me. It would later spring up like a thorny weed and entangle my entire life. Around the same time, warts began to develop all over my hands. It was embarrassing, and there was no hiding them. And no matter what the treatment was, nothing worked. Other kids would make fun of me and tease me, and I became an angry kid. I fought, fought with other kids in the schoolyard. I rebelled against authority, and I had a foul mouth. One Wednesday night at church, my mom came to my classroom and brought me back to the main service. She explained to me that the pastor was holding a special time of prayer for healing. When our pastor prayed for me, he told me that my warts would be gone within a week. I believed that God could do this healing. Three days later, I was having abnormally painful stomach aches. My mom took me to the doctor. It was discovered that I needed emergency surgery for uh, appendicitis. And during the surgery, the doctor found a cyst a uracal cyst specifically, the size of his fist. I don't know any medical connection between the cyst and the warts on my hands, but a little more than a week after my surgery, the warts began to go away. After nearly two years of unsuccessful treatment, God had healed me. I wish I could say that this was the point when I put all my trust in God and began to follow him with all my heart. But that's not what I did. As Paul references in, reference in uh, Romans of Psalm 14, I did not understand, and I did not seek. Instead, my love for the world grew. As a teen, I found new ways to sin. The thorny weeds of sexual lust began to manifest and take over my life. I got pretty good at hiding my sinful lifestyle from my family. Around my friends, I sinned openly, 
often bragging about the things I had done, hoping to gain their approval. At this point, I stopped going to church and began to live a life as if God didn't actually exist, as if his word was not true, as if he had set me free to sin and not free from sin. Then came another surgery. It was just before my 20th birthday. Persistent stomach ache, a stomach pain again led me to see a doctor, and a timely x-ray revealed an urgent need for surgery. Ten years after my initial surgery, scar tissue from my appendectomy had damaged and obstructed my small intestine, rendering me unable to complete the digestion process. So I was hooked up to an IV, and a tube was inserted through my nose into my stomach. I was basically helpless, unable to do the simplest things that even a baby could do. I looked to God in prayer and hoped that he would answer. The surgery was a successful one, and after 10 long days in the hospital, I was released and back to my life. God again had brought healing to my body. This would have been another great opportunity to turn away from my sin and towards Christ. Sadly, I still resisted. As I entered my early 20s, I continued to profess faith in Christ. I even shared my view of the gospel with people. But I was double-minded, unwilling to put away my sinful behavior, and yet still believing that my profession of faith in Christ would save me from his wrath. Even worse, the guilt of my sin was gradually diminishing and I was becoming more emboldened in my sin. Like Paul writes in Ephesians 14, I began to lose all feeling of shame. I became sexually promiscuous as feeding my fleshly desire became central to my life. I was so lost and without shame. But God was in pursuit of me. He even used non-believers to get my attention. I recall a conversation with a close friend of mine in which he pointed out my hypocrisy. He was agnostic, so I thought I would teach him what I knew about God's law and how his people should live. He listened and quickly replied, how about the way you're living? You're going to have to answer for that. This was the perfect question for me, and I didn't have a good answer for that. Even though I'd sensed that God was calling me to repentance and to a genuine faith in him, I wasn't ready to give up the way I was living and submit to him. I still wanted to live like the world while trying to fit God into my life on my terms. About a year later, I hit my lowest point. I'd been partying one afternoon with a group of friends, and we continued into the evening, and that's when I blacked out. I don't remember much from that evening, except that I was heavily intoxicated. I got into a dispute with a friend, was refused service at a bar. I guess I remember more than I thought. And later found myself in the street on the sidewalk, or excuse me, down the street, lying on the sidewalk. And I wondered to myself, how did I get here? If If I truly believe that Christ died for my sins, how could I go on continuing to sin without shame? 
The next day, my roommates filled in the parts of the night that I could not remember. They were not happy with me, nor did they approve of my actions. I, too, was disgusted with myself. But more than that, I could sense the Holy Spirit was convicting me of my sin and calling me towards repentance. This time, I could not resist. God opened my eyes to see that I belonged to him. And no son of his had any part in the world. Romans 5, 6 says, While we were still weak, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I rejoice knowing that because of God's free, free gift of grace, this poor sinner who deserves the wrath of God and is unable to save himself is free from condemnation and reconciled to God through Christ's blood. God had used trials that brought me to prayer. He healed me of numerous ailments, and despite their imperfections, he used my parents, including my stepdad, to deliver the gospel to me as a young child and to pray for me throughout the years. I don't know when he did it, but at some point, God regenerated my heart, and I was now running towards him with open arms. I began to read his word regularly and attend a local church. He gave me a thirst for the scriptures and a desire to separate myself from worldly desires and influences. I began to understand that a genuine faith was a walk towards and with God. It was incredible the way that God changed my desires and gave me strength to overcome temptations. I stopped hanging out with the old crowd of friends and found and made new friends who loved the Lord. I met my lovely wife. Shout out to Amanda. And God quickly knit our hearts together. Ten months from the day we met, we were married. God has blessed us with two sons, Samuel and Jesse, and we are expecting our third child early in the new year. This August, excuse me, this September... It'll be 11 years since God reached down into my heart and demonstrated his irresistible grace. I'm far from perfected. I remain on guard against the sins that once entangled me, but I know that when I stumble, I have an advocate in Christ. Without him, I am a wretched sinner, not only unable to save myself, but left alone, capable of the most vile sins. I now live a life not free to sin, or even free of sin, but free from the power of sin and the power of death. Since the day that God rescued me, I've become a husband, a father, and a teacher. In each of these roles, I am reminded daily of my need for God's grace to help me lead. I've been blessed with an amazing wife, my crown and my glory. She has loved me with steadfastness over the years, praying with me and for me while growing a family together. When I was hired to teach ceramics in Montclair in 2016, I had no idea what God had planned for our family. Amanda was newly pregnant with Samuel, and we were living and attending church in Fullerton. We desired to own our own home and couldn't afford to buy in Orange County. Eventually, we began looking at houses in a cute historic district nearby my work. Three moves and four years later, 
we were homeowners and residents of Ontario. In God's providence, he brought us to Sovereign Grace Baptist Church. Since our first visit, we have been fed with sound biblical teaching and have enjoyed meaningful friendships. It is only fitting that I close with this well-known verse from Romans. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We are so thankful for this congregation, and we are honored to join its members. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, my story begins in Ontario, but not this Ontario. I was born in Ontario, Canada. Uh, this is a fact my husband loves to point out whenever I do or say something awkward. She's Canadian. It's okay. But I've actually lived most of my life here in California. I moved to Orange County when I, uh, with my family when I was 12. I was born into a Christian home. My parents became Christians a few years before my birth. I have an older sister and a younger brother. We attended church on Sunday, VBS in the summer, and later church uh, camps when I got older. I was baptized at nine years old, and while there would be many years in disobedience and sin, I believe God has pursued me my entire life. Even in my rebellion, I still believed everything I had been taught as a child. But as my desire for worldly things grew, it was harder to hold on to my convictions. Although I was raised in a good home, my parents had their own business, and so I didn't see them much. I'd go off to school and come home to my great aunt, who was hired to watch us. Um, unfortunately, I would get in trouble at school, and I wouldn't listen to my teachers. Um, before we moved, my dad was often away on business trips to California, a place he would tell us about and we'd eventually visit. Um, on my first trip to California, we basically spent the entire time at the beach, <laughs> which was great. And although I had friends and families that I would miss, um, I was excited to move to such a place. When we moved here um, to Whittier, I was disappointed and sad. I missed my home, and my new surroundings were not as exciting as I thought they would be. I started in my new Christian junior high school and um, pretty quickly became um, judged and bullied for the way I looked and sounded. I was not a California girl, and my Canadian accent was much heavier then. <laughs> um, um, even though school was hard, I found solace in my church, the church my family attended and made friends there. I still got in trouble and wouldn't listen to my parents. I often defied them and did things behind their backs. But at the same time, I was being very involved in our youth group and sort of living a sort of double life without shame. I convinced my parents to let me go to public high school. And during these years, I spent most of my time climbing the popularity ladder, partying, and being promiscuous. I was no longer in any youth groups, and I didn't have a Christian friend. Even during this time of rebellion, I still believed in God. I told myself God had abandoned me. The truth was that I was in love with the world and not God. After graduating, I continued this lifestyle of sin. My partying was often too extreme, and I ended up blacking out. In the morning, I would feel so scared over events I couldn't remember. 
I could remember getting into dangerous situations, but somehow God intervened to protect me, using the same people I was partying with to come to my aid. Unfortunately, this was not enough to turn my heart towards God. And as my addictions grew and took hold, my shame and guilt deepened, and I became so lost, hopeless, and depressed. I didn't recognize myself anymore, and I didn't know who I had become. I contemplated taking my own life. After getting off work one night, I came home. I came home to get high, only this time the effects were too strong, and I convinced my sister to take me to a hospital. The truth of what I had done finally came to light, and I had to admit my problems to my family. It would be this family intervention that would keep me from further harm, but ultimately, it was God's work of redemption that truly saved me. The next day, I was sitting on my bed with my sister, crying as I shared with her the lies that I was believing. For every lie, she spoke truth to me, that I was loved, that I was wanted, that I was worthy. She prayed with me that Jesus would come and change me. I asked forgiveness, and in that moment, I remember feeling the weight of sin and guilt being lifted off of me. I cried and laughed at the same time, feeling so free and filled with joy. He changed me in an instant, taking away addictions and giving me new desires. I praise God for rescuing me that day from the pit of despair. I praise him for pursuing me, using my upbringing in the church to establish my faith from an early age, and calling me to repentance and enabling me to true saving faith. I started attending a local church, hungering deeply for the things of God. I was rebuilding my life with new friends, new habits, and a new heart for God. It was at this church that I would meet my best friend and future husband, James. And you might have been surprised to hear that we got married in 10 months, but we will be celebrating 10 years in August. Um, After we were married, we continued in the same church. Our first son, Samuel, was born, and shortly after, our church closed its doors due to lack of finances. We found another church and stayed there until our second son, Jesse, was born. And then we moved to Claremont. This was 2019, and just four months after moving to a brand new city, everything shut down because of COVID. So not only were we transitioning to a new area and trying to find a new church during lockdown, we were transitioning from our Armenian upbringing to Reformed theology, and that was really hard for me. My experience of church, my personal experiences of God, and my own understanding of the Bible were greatly disturbed by the new and often challenging Reformed doctrines I was learning. God was also working in my role as mom, showing me how I strived after my own worthiness and goodness. Motherhood challenged my own goodness like nothing else. Unfortunately... My, ne- my legalistic heart was not prepared to handle my own shortcomings, and instead of turning towards God's grace, I was plunged under condemnation. I could never measure up to the standard I set for myself, and every time I messed up, I felt God was disappointed in me. I felt like there was something wrong with me, and I even questioned whether I was truly saved. I was in another pit of despair, and once again, God rescued me. He brought our family here to Ontario and to this church. When we came almost two years ago, I had never experienced church like this. I felt so out of place. I didn't know the hymns. 
Good thing you couldn't hear me. <laughs> I didn't know what it was like to worship without dim lights and a large band. There was so much new information, doctrines, and rich teaching. I felt that for the first time in my whole Christian walk, I was truly being fed at church. So thank you, pastors. When we came here, I still had many questions about my own beliefs. But through the sermons and Bible studies, I have been immensely blessed and God has grown me. I believe the greatest change has been the knowledge of and acceptance of God's grace. Before I was a Christian living under the law, rejecting saving grace and looking to myself to be right with God. It took me a long time to understand God's grace and accept it for myself. And I'm still learning. I turn to Romans 8, which says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now that I understand the true gospel, it is a gospel of grace, not works. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for me. As it says in Hebrews 12, He is the mediator of a new covenant, and His blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So now I can be a Christian living under grace. I've only grasped Reformed theology for about three years, and while I have many, many, many questions, I'm confident this will be where my spiritual ground is worked, tilled, and planted with biblical truth. I'm honored to become a member of this congregation. I hope by God's grace to serve this community and to grow in knowledge, faithfulness, and charity. Thank you.